Good day, and welcome to the Chorus Podcast with Stefan Voss and Bruce Dennell. Yes, <laughs> and thank you for that lovely voiceover it's, voice of, with your voice. It's Stephen. our second podcast of 2022. We are an arts and culture podcast, hopefully guiding you through the morass yes. of glut of media out there to say maybe listen to just, this, watch yes, this, In order to give ourselves a sort of reason to exist, just because... A raison so d'etre, as exactly, they say. So that we could... We could uh, Give our wives a, a decent excuse as to why we just go off and drink coffee and whiskey <laughs> Thursday morning sometime. <laughs> but yes, great. we just said there are too many books, too many TV shows, and too much music to listen to for everybody. So we're going to take one or several for the team slash teams, and uh, yeah, we'll tell you what the good stuff is or isn't. And here we find ourselves in a position where we actually have too much to talk about. Yes, but it's so a lovely position. So we'll good. start talking, and then when it's been long enough that you have listened for that long that you actually need to go and do some work or look for a job or read your own book indeed or write, write your, your own, own book. song uh, etc then uh, yes then we'll shut up and continue next week excellent right. what have we got to look forward to right. this you, week bruce you crack on oh all right so um, books. yes i've got i've got people who stuffed up the world mm-hmm. you've got eric idol who fundamentally didn't stuff anything up I think. no uh, he's always looking on the bright side um, of life does uh, eric and yes. uh, jonathan franz and yes um i've got a is the song that I'm um, releasing tomorrow in, in terms of at, at, at the time of yes, recording. We're recording we this on, on Thursday the 20th. Artist in Reticence. Reticence? Re- Residence. Residence. Uh, yes, Friday the 21st, which is hopefully when you'll be listening to this because we will have uploaded on that day. Indeed. Um, is also the release day of my new solo single, Purple Heart, which uh, I'll possibly play later. The guitar is lying around, so we'll, we'll just do a The Martin D18 through. Golden Era. <laughs> which we can't say <laughs> guitar we have to give it the full tag come um, on Martin what else are we going to do we're going to talk some more music um, I'm revisiting Big Rick because I'm a groupie indeed and I love them in a gay way not a gropey um, just a groupie no 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 also um, a gropey possibly, possibly if you were given the uh, chance yeah Canada's a long way away but mm. just anyway we'll talk about that good uh, what else oh a thousand TV shows probably uh, I've got not. a few TV shows a few movies and uh, quite a bit of uh, music to talk about uh, let's try not to uh, overdo things but yes, where we'll, shall we begin Bruce shall we start with books for a let's, change let's, let's start with books you, you've got two so indeed you go, let me chat you through them um, so on the back of all of the uh, climate change and environmental and things that I've been reading I thought I'd have some some light entertainment and I got Eric Idle's sort of biography he calls this it is, this is also in my to read pile so Excellent. I'm looking forward to it Eric Idle is a python of the Monty Pythons probably the most uh, influential and brilliant comedy group if you don't know them or don't like them please turn off now and go away indeed millennials will know them as something that your mom or dad finds funny but uh, the Monty (laughs) Monty Python uh, you know who's a massive Eric Idle fan Conan O'Brien for instance is the biggest Eric Idle fan ever Eric Idle uh, sort of uh, the skinny youngest one in the group I believe of the Pythons uh, was always in charge of the songs Mm. So, you know, much like Hugh Laurie... Sit on my face and yeah. tell me that love me. Exactly. Um, his most famous uh, song, <laughs> the one that really is uh, the big one for him, is at the end of the movie, The Life of Brian, where um, uh, the Brian, who is this messianic uh, figure, is on the cross Very being crucified and then sings a song with this jaunty whistle that goes always look on the bright side of life um yeah it's a very very uh, cheerful song and and so anyway that's kind of his biggest uh, claim to fame after monty python uh, uh, yes he received a second wind when his um, musical spam a lot went on to uh, what do they call it in England? Was it a second the, the West in End, general direction. and then went on to Broadway. And and he talked. It's interesting. We spoke about this with um, Stephen Fry, who very young and early on in his career um, wrote for Guys and Dolls or whatever it was. What yes, was it? Um, uh, for girls and boys. Uh, for crying out loud. Yes. Anyway, and, and and was kind of set for life. But Eric Idle talks about the first time he really got into big money was when Spamalot went to Broadway. Okay. Um, and that just, was it's I know, like I know the it's not, not going to happen to like many people but it's just it, it's still very gratifying that you can make a crap load of music in theatre and music, music and money in theatre yes just, just he sort of went gratifying. to an upper echelon and was hobnobbing yeah. with David Bowie on, in Saint-Tropez and so on and so on, on on that kind of level yeah. of anyway but it's called a sort of biography it's a very very easy read uh, he's very um, funny in in print as much as he is, um, you know. In, That's great because we, uh, we 
A while ago, we uh, we talked about uh, Eddie Izzard's autobiography. Yes. Massive, massive Python fan. He, yeah. He is. He, he was. In fact, you know, he was part of yeah, exactly in part of the uh, reunion of, show yeah, and all sorts was, of things. He was allowed in to some degree. Yeah. But his his autobiography kind of didn't didn't quite nail that. Didn't it's quite, quite interesting. His, 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 his life persona kind of thing because he can be quite a serious guy. Yes. Yeah, like very, he's done TV in America yeah. and it's drama. Yeah. No, you wonder. Fascinating, so interesting, interesting. But just yeah. like that, no. that, that this is just this is very much the one-liners and, and and all that kind of self-deprecating um, mm. and a very very funny. Can I ask you a question? Because yes. I've been fortunate enough to interview Cleese ah, yes, twice. Yes, and and I, I think it's a factor of him being oh, hey seven, dogs. Sorry, seven, you're hearing the dogs fighting under the table. Um, Jack, Rosie, seventy odd years. You know, both times I've interviewed him, he's been in his seventies. And I think he has, because of his enormous fame and because of all of the media he's done over the years, he has a story and he okay. sticks with it. So yes. it doesn't matter if you sort of, what your different questions are and what angle you come at, you're going to be sort of drawn back to his story. Is that a sense here that this is a, the Eric Idle, the official Eric Idle narrative or, or do you get a, again, I don't know if, if it sort of, Hmm. have a sense of how to judge that no I didn't I didn't pick that up it didn't sound like a, a you know by rote in any hmm. in any way or form that's good um, I, look I think Cleese is, is arguably more famous for different reasons as well yeah um, and and probably more polarizing as well I don't I don't know of many people who don't like Eric you know yeah. there's, there's a fair number of people who aren't aware of Eric which is interestingly yeah. interesting you know they don't know <clears throat> they know about spam a lot but they don't know that it's his they know about the songs but they don't know that he wrote them and so on um so i'll just read something towards the end of the book where he talks about his spoiler his epitaph just to give you an idea so he's talking about what his wife would say about him when he dies he says um uh, she who sadly knows me best I mean, <laughs> thinks my last words will probably be f off <laughs> but that doesn't look good on a tombstone so instead i would like on my grave eric idol See Google. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's a lot of that. It's very light reading. It's very, you know, he's, he's uh, keeps it light. It's he is a light person. He's a very, you yes. know, yeah. So but that's, that, again, that's an interesting sentence because he's a guy who's made an enormous amount of difference yeah. to our, and I'm talking about you and me, I'm not talking about just, you know, English speaking or South African or this or that or the next thing, but to our culture. Yeah. He's an enormously influential figure that we don't talk about nudge, much. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Absolutely. That, exactly, that yeah. we don't really talk about much. And I, I find that kind of aspect of it fascinating. That, um, again, you, I see you've got a Jonathan Franzen here. Yeah. Uh, again, enormously well-known author, very award-winning this, that, and the next thing. I don't, I'm not going to go and have a conversation tonight that Jonathan Franzen has influenced. No. But I might have one that well, Yes. Yeah. And he was very, very good friends with George Harrison, for instance. Yes. So um, uh, George um, financed... I think one of their movies oh, wow, mortgaged yes. his house. Yes, I and it was that enormous blooming. Yeah, the, the estate, um, yeah. the small. I think wow. it's called Essex. No, no, it's not quite that big, but, but a massive. Uh, so, so um, that's yeah, a good, that's a good mate. And Steve Martin and Mick Jagger and Paul Simon, all these people that he hobnobbed with, yes. uh, a very, very interesting life. Um, quite sort of, as I say, keeps it very light. I think he's had a very kind of uh, uh, not too much tragic and yes, and stayed out of politics and, and kind of, kind of yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, uh, an easy read, a lovely read, oh, and you didn't ruin. Yeah, for me because I'm a fan of his all, all, the, all the better excellent, excellent. Um, let me quickly mention my other book and yeah, get it yeah, out of the way it is a, a tome Bruce of about 600 pages mm. which I'm told is part one of a trilogy oh my greatness 580 pages uh, so there's a trilogy that Jonathan Franzen has started and usually that uh, fills me with, which looks with like dread it's not a Martin it might be a Yamaha um so Jonathan Franzen well I was always into classics um, and, and had sort of eschewed looking into modern writers, yes. contemporary writers, other than Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Um, but at some stage I thought I should start looking at contemporary authors and I got in... <laughs> Sorry, it's just that Terry Pratchett counts as a contemporary author for you. Well, anyway, carry on. Uh, started, <laughs> I, I got into um, Michael Shaban who wrote The Amazing yes. Adventures of Cavalier Clay and really liked him. Then I, I read Everything is Illuminated by Jonathan Safran Fur. And then my English professor at the time I remember at the beginning of one of the lectures in my first year, said, oh, just for those of you that read, I've recently read a book that's the best thing I've read in years. Surely he must, why does an English professor have to use that qualification? I don't for know. For those of you that I'm teaching in my English yeah, class as an English professor, 
if yeah. you read. Uh, so he mentioned a book called The Corrections by Jonathan Franzen, which was a big um, a big hit of his. And I got it, and I, I it wasn't my my vibe. It's very much um, a family and the things that they mm. go through. Uh, but I, it was absolutely brilliant. And I've read everything that Jonathan Franzen has written since then. And this book called Crossroads, which is set in the 70s, 1970, early 70s. It's America, Vietnam War, hippies. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a small family, um, a pastor or a minister and his wife and their three children. Um, and the more you read, uh, the more the title Crossroads resonates. Okay. Each, each of these people in this family is at a particular crossroads in their life. L most of the action largely takes place within one day, but then it does uh, sort of go a little bit further out of that. Um, it's so good. He is such an incredible understander of, and uh, eloquent communicator of human relationships and things that happen. There's only one very slight little toothache for mm -hmm. me, little little worry, little red flag that pops up for me as a reader. And it's not a criticism, but there is one character who's, who's young. She's probably towards the end of high school who's going through things. And it probably says more about me than the character, but I felt that the character was too... Um, aware of what was happening to them and able okay. to articulate that so she okay. was very very insightful she said oh they did this and it must and be because, because of, of, that, of that of that and that and i thought and she was 12. there's no no she was probably 16 or 17 yeah. but I, I thought even me as a 40 year old sometimes yeah. i have those moments now I'm only well Come maybe on. 50 um where i could actually understand or have insight yes. into what was going that's on interesting behind thing, and it strikes me and i clearly don't know jonathan Branson, but it strikes me that that's the kind of criticism that that proper artists actually want. They're going, it's great and it works and it's this and it's yeah. that, but she does seem, it's, it strikes me that that's a, almost a, a theatrical director type of comment. Note, you yeah. can't play it like that because she wouldn't know that. Yeah, no. and, and, and I'm sure it's, it, it's very, very purposeful because it serves the story and you have to understand that that's going on to understand what's happening here. But uh, every now and then I'd go, gosh, this, this girl is so self-aware or mm. so is able to understand what's happening with her parents relationship and the dynamic there and the possibility of why they did that which yeah, I was very naive she, Maybe either, she's, she, she's she has not to be naive. a massively mature I mean yeah you know watch things like euphoria and whatever and uh, apparently that's, that's not your that's not your grandma's school no. days um, so um, things the world has changed people are yeah. more worldly wise and maybe that's a reflection of that but I highly highly recommend Crossroads by Jonathan Franz and if you if you haven't discovered him and you're looking for a new contemporary author that that you think would is good, I, I See, that's can't great, recommend yeah. him that's highly enough. I have I don't have this book, but I've got one good. of these others in my purity well. freedom. Because my to read pile is just too large, but that's another story. Maybe you would right. call it a terrene pile and just. <sighs> no, no, no. What have you been reading, lovely. Bruce? So yes, uh, fifty people who stuffed up the world. Oh gosh, um, that's by Alexander Parker and Tim Richmond. Tip of the iceberg, I'd say. It is with cartoons by Sapir. Now I think we've, we've talked about on the show, and I've read a couple of these. They've done fifty people, and I think. That one was effed up South Africa. I think they okay. just got angrier and angrier. Are these South African people? They're South African. Oh, okay. Yeah, one's a publisher, one's a writer. No, no, no. I mean, of, of the 50 oh, no, no, people. No, this is stuff I want to ask world. you a question before you go into it, but yes, yes carry on. Okay, well, I just want to say the one, when it's South African, we, a few weeks ago we chatted about the, the annuals of the political cartoons, so Madame and Eve and Sapiro. And I think, again, for me, when you're in the, the milieu, Yes. Um, and you're kind Media. of feeling all of the angst and whatever because that's your day-to-day -day news cycle and this yeah, and that. Yeah, and yeah. I, it just that kind of stuff. It's it's not escapist. It's not fun. Um, yeah. And and it's also what is it, that twenty twenty one. That kind of book isn't necessary if, if you're a well-read, hopefully paying attention sort of person. That kind of book isn't really adding much to your to your understanding or. Um, appreciation of, of the context or whatever whereas something like this because it's it's wider ranging and it, it's also interesting there I mean there are cycles I'll chat about now that sort of come up in here that uh, you, know, you you just get a, bit, a bigger sense it's, it's more that kind of thrill intellectual thrill of, of sort of studying history and getting a sense yes. of the big picture this book does that really well so Alexander Parker Tim Richmond both very good journos writers editors they have you know an overlapping set of skills but um, basically, these are very obviously concise. It's uh, three, 
320 pages or something, 50. 50 Can I ask you, does it mention, and and as I read the title, 50 people who stuffed up the world, I remember reading Bill Bryson's Mm. short history of nearly everything, where he talks about a single one gentleman in America who invented the process of adding lead into petrol. He's in here. Okay. And is the same gentleman who came up with CFCs in aerosols. So just this one guy who's responsible for the... I think that's Thomas Midgley. I think I'm looking at... The most cataclysmically bad things for our world in heaven. It's the same guy. And also, but being a good scientist at the time based on what he knew yeah but anyway yeah but it, it was so but, fundamentally but see, exactly horrific already, to the world already you've you've understood without touching this book you've understood why this is more fascinating than yes, something okay. that tells you about jacob zuma right you know who you've you've heard and read reams yeah, about and you, and know, he's, you know he's a chop and it, um yeah, and again so he doesn't many. uh he doesn't make the grade here okay you know, jacob and that that's another well, thing yeah. so you've got i mean stuffed up the world so no, sure. but, it, but that's a, it, it is interesting and it is worth noting you going oh this is terrible 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 Okay, but he's gone now, right. and we can recover. Whereas, uh, you know... There's still lead seeping Russia, into the ground. Exactly, or Russia Chernobyl after, and, after yeah. Stalin, or, or whatever, etc., etc. So, again, there are there are a number of, of the obvious ones. Hitler, Hitler, but Hitler, they, Hitler, they do, Hitler, 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 Hitler. <laughs> well, as they say in the intro to his, oh, they okay. go, he's the poster boy for the collection. Okay. But, um, but what's nice here, again, it's, it's informal. We talked about Eric Knight's informal in style, but very well-researched. And well, again, you'll you'll understand as as a as an English person, writer, whatever, that it's it's well put together so that it's it's a brief, concise thing, but it tells you. It it goes into a lot of layers, so it doesn't okay. just like, you know go off on numbers and this happened and that happened and blah blah blah. It's going actually points to the interesting happened, socioeconomic this, ramifications. This, that wouldn't have been right, possible, right, and, right. and it, it's a really, really interesting consequences so, and repercussions. So, for instance, Stalin and, and Lenin are included in one entry, and okay. uh, Favut and Milan are included in one entry because they're part of the same continuum. Right, and they right, couldn't right. exist without the other, um, it, all, all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, just again, a lot of stuff uh, that's sort of off our radar and shouldn't be. Hmm. And again, that's what I love about proper history. So things like the Armenian genocide. And the people that were uh, responsible there, um, just understanding more of what Mao Zedong, the, the Chinese, mm. got up to, and ah, ah, yeah, I watched that. What was that ah. thing we spoke about? With uh, gracious, um, um, uh, can't get you out of my head. That TV thing, yes, by yes, watched, yes, yeah, yeah. T- goes into that. Just, oh um, my goodness! But but interestingly, and again, you you mentioned sort of in in, in crossroads here, just the one thing. There's a couple of entries that don't quite. You see what they're trying to do, and you see because the whole tone is, is supposed to be kind of fit reasonably light, even though the, the, the stuff is heavy. And in, every now and then they include um, a pop culture figure. There's a hoopoo outside the window, so just for our bird watching fans. Um, but, uh, you know, they include a pop culture figure, there we go, who has done, who you know, whose existence or, or, or popularity or whatever has changed. But so Justin Bieber is, is one thing, and they're going, we don't mind, Justin's fine, Justin. Whatever, but but the fact that he, his kind of stuff, set the standard in this area, and now this is what radio is, and blah. blah. So that mm, that's quite interesting. interesting. That one that one works. One that doesn't work is they they pick on Nick Bolletieri. He's a very famous uh, tennis coach. Uh, was responsible for a lot of the, <laughs> yeah, a lot of the grunters. Um, uh, okay, okay. I was and you say know, maybe it was part of the thing, but that they're going, you know, grunting has ruined women's tennis. And you're like, ah, okay, that's a bit of a stretch. All right. Um, so that that particular one doesn't work, and there's one other one which I can't remember now. Which Letter to the editor. Which doesn't grunting in women's tennis. But um, so and and again, they 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 pick and choose, but they'll tell you why they pick and choose, which okay. is also good. So so you know, Joseph Mengele yeah. is a head of Eichmann and this and that and the next thing. But but Eichmann and whoever else is are mentioned. And they say this is why we mentioned this guy because da 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 da. Um, I think it was Thomas Midgley that you were talking about with the yeah. lead and the this. Uh, you know the guy who killed Concord. So again, there were a number of people who were responsible for, wow. for grounding it. Yes. And they say we can't actually figure out who, yeah. who signed the check or who signed the thing. The yeah, deal. yeah. But yeah, when they when they did it, they they turned off the possibility of I, I read supersonic, of supersonic flight. They're trying to reinstate in that. the next century yeah. or this or whatever. Um, and they killed the dream, and so again, they do get into this interesting um, Does thing it, like that. I heard this the other day. I keep on this keeps on coming up, and it's something they tell you basically in grade eight history. 
where they say that the sad thing about history is that people don't seem to learn from history. And then the, the big yes. example is the Hitler's invasion of Russia. Mm. Uh, he never should have done it because it, it had been tried so many times before. And if he'd just it's done his history... It's too big and it's too cold, yeah. But it seems, Bruce, in almost every facet of life that we as humans don't no, seem but again, to learn I mean, that from partic- history. That particular example, Napoleon, massive ego. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to do it. But, yeah, dies. Hitler... Massive ego. It's yeah. just, so it's, those are the issues. Sorry, but one. This is what I'm reading. This as a whole with all of these these yeah. little bits, and in almost all of the entries, obviously with something like the pop culture references, the same theme still exists, but it's yeah. not. Obviously, it's not nearly as serious. But particularly mm. with the big things, the wars, the pogroms, the racism, genocides. the genocides, the political stupidity. Yeah. There's this constant, and again, you don't you don't have to look for it. It just comes up mm-hmm. um, of hurt. People get hurt, and they respond, and the response is poisonous. Interesting. So, because uh, I, I would very, have the very obvious, money one, the very obvious one is 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 World War One. Germany, we've beaten you, so we're going to treat you like utter yeah, right, 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 right. Sanctions and whatever. Redheaded and, and, stepchild, yeah. and that blah, blah, set, blah, blah, the, blah. set the tone. Set the tone, and etc. etc. Interesting. Um, uh, racism, uh, apartheid at least. Mm. So the South African War, Anglo Boer War. Again, whoever side you're on, it's, yeah. it is true that the Afrikaners were. And how? You know, concentration camps. Yeah. Just a culturally, a people group hurt beyond hurt. And how amazing then, for all of Coming our struggles of now, yeah, for all of our struggles now in post apartheid South Africa, how amazing, or in that light, in a historical light, to to look, and certainly Nelson Mandela was by no means perfect, but to look at his idea of forgive, mm. let go, you know, if he, and that's, if they exact, had put, that's exa- you, you know, again, that, that wow. popped into my head, you read that and you're going, if that had stayed in jail, he did this, he did that, he had this, this strategy, he had that strategy, all, that's all good. But he had, he had power. Yeah. He had, and his choice. Yes. Was forgiveness based. Yeah. So again, we know enough he could that, have it, been that it wasn't perfect, and it wasn't this and that. And the the next allies thing. after World War One. But all of these, that. all of these guys mm. didn't choose that. Yeah, they, they amazing. Just, they just did. So this this whole thing, um, you know, and whatever it might be, uh, you know, Osama bin Laden, mm. Al Qaeda came out of something yeah. that, that that America did, Whew, and America it might has again, it's from this context for. and it's from that perspective, and all of fine. Nobody's going to agree on, on where the, the cross line is, the uh, Israel-Palestine situation, etc., etc. All that stuff. But it comes all from these omnis have somebody been. did something over here, and a lot of it is colonialism. Yeah, colonialism. So somebody did American something over here. Political. Um, yeah. These people got brutally hurt. Their response is, is wrong and imperfect and whatever, but you, understandable. you have to. You have to say understandable. Yeah. And then that gets really scary. And there's other stuff that resonates with me. I mean, you know, one of the entries is the women's glossy magazine editor, for instance. Um, and again, what they've, you know, again, they're using that as an archetype, but I know as somebody who left a paper because they, they wanted gossip and literally, I mean, at a planning session, somebody from whatever department said, oh, like, it'd be cool to see more of those things like the, the pictures where somebody's throwing up in public and, and the, the publisher was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, really? What? Because apparently that gets more more people. You're not going to buy a paper anyway. Um, <sighs> Which but, of but course the, is that a headspace. Picture of fake they were like, news. Originally, yeah. a glossy women's magazine was empowering, mm. um, and and it came and they started at a period where women were disempowered, and they get more and more. And, and they become now more they're, influenced and by now heat. And but now they're doing the other way around. Yeah. So essentially, they're they're telling you if you're not having sex this many ways, mm. or if you don't look like this, yeah. or if your head isn't this long, or this styled like this, you're not valued. So yeah, I, I, there's a lot of stuff to appreciate here. There are some interesting stuff which I'm not going to go into, but Steven Spielberg makes the list. Hmm. You can make of that what you want. Interesting. Um, Charles Saatchi, Kim Kardashian absolutely okay. deserves a place Fair here. Fair enough. They're, they're, I mean, they almost don't. Huge. So a tremendous <laughs> sense of value. <laughs> they almost don't. Uh, they almost don't elaborate. They just say if you if you disagree with us, you know, just yeah. throw the book away. <laughs> See Google. But, but then <laughs> but then they do go into it. Um, yeah, the the Israel Palestine letter writer. Is, is one of the people because again they're, they're just coming whoever they are they're just coming at it from one stock basically and it's a stock point of view it's not, comments. There's, no, there's no thought right um, and that is Lance Armstrong etc etc oh, okay, so interesting. lots of and, and Trump clearly makes it but um, it's, a, it's, it's great 
have a, go and have a read. 50 People Who Stuffed Up the World, Ugh. Alexander Parker and Tim Richmond, cartoons by Zapiro. And again, if you do if you do like the the other versions of it, they have got uh, other, um, there's South African, I don't know if, I think this one was done before, South African uh, versions as well, people who messed up from South Africa and such and such and such. Uh, but they, yeah, they're good Volume writers, one. they're good journos, <laughs> um, so worth, worth a read. Nice. Whatever you're up for. Right. Good. Let, on. let me let's do some music. I think talk about music and uh, let's see how many I've got here. One, don't do them all. Don't do them all. Just three. Hold back. Four. Okay, I'll do two out of the four that Good I've man. been listening to. So in the holidays, I found out that um, Jason Isbell had Sorry? agreed. Jason Isbell had agreed <laughs> to make an album of covers yes. of Georgia if the Georgian state voted a certain way, and some it was some sort of bet that he made that if whoever was voted in then he would record a whole album in tribute to it anyway so he recorded jason is recorded an album with the 400 unit called georgia blue yeah uh, which is an album of covers um the first one he does is uh, all from georgian artists um, yeah, yeah as far as i remember the of first one he does yeah he does night swimming by yes. rem uh, featuring bela fleck and, and someone else which I, is incredible and the guitar plays all the piano parts and it's beautiful I must say um, I need to give it probably a bit more of a listen but some of it was quite jarring to me maybe I was looking for something quite chilled and it got quite um, jarring at some point but I mean it's Jason Isbell you can't go wrong fantastic no, just, oh, the man's voice he's just yeah, one of those guys so where his voice just the tone of his voice the way he sings is enough to make you feel something so if you are a fan of amazing songwriter singer songwriter and a really great guitar playing uh, jason isbel if you haven't discovered him go and look at him but his um, album of covers from the state of georgia is called georgia blue and i do recommend going ha- having a listen um the other thing i'll talk about is our um friend well your friend and mine but mostly <laughs> yours is uh, kevin max erstwhile kevin smith from DC Talk, who's been yes. a solo artist for many years now, has a new project called um, Sad Astronauts. Is it very, very odd? It's not. Oh, okay. It's actually the last one was. very, very good. Yeah, he did, what was it, Romeo Drive or whatever it was, yeah. which was all electronic. And no, this is um, like a, an, an adult contemporary rock band, you know, the alternative rock. It's great. The album's called Adult Fears, and it's it's got all those great influences like the Smiths and Morrissey and but but more melodic and speaking it's, of voices it's good good grief if you haven't heard Kevin Max sing wow. it's, it's a no it, it really is because it's you can often you can often say it's a strong voice it's an amazing voice it's a this voice it's a that voice he has a unique voice yeah. it's it's just gobsmacking frankly he's it's, a uh, very good singer is he's a, uh, he's, a, he's a conflicted complex man um, who is, is lovely we chat a bit on Twitter every now and then yeah he's great um, he's a, a, a religious person who who wears his religion very uncomfortably which is great the best yeah. kind of religion. again he person. was yes and, and again in, in just to unpack that a bit he was he was part of a massive Christian band and then as massive Christian bands are got completely nailed by the like hypocrisy of the system yeah uh, that industry and then uh, yeah Came, is, is, is still working through the thoughts, but in a, in a good, positive way. So. Yeah, so I won't uh, say too much more about it other than it's great music, fantastic singing. Um, yeah, really, really cool. So uh, Jason Isbell, Georgia Blue, and um, yeah, Sad Georgia. Astronauts, Adult Fears, go and check it out. I think it's a cool, great man. album. Very cool. Lovely. Um, I'm going to go back, because, and not because I'm boring, but just because they are so damn good to Big Rick. I know we, we we tend to come up Uncle Ian if you if you only listen to our podcast sporadically you may think we only listen to Brian Wilson Neil Young and Big Rick which is fair <laughs> enough um, but look I'll take if, it if that exactly if that was all we were allowed to listen to I'm okay with that so they've got a new EP out um, it's called Big Rick 7.1 and I haven't gone and looked up uh, speaking of not going going and looking up and not doing your research because yes. you're a crap chatter um, a few weeks ago I chatted about Joe Hill uh, did you a book called Strange Weather Strange which was Weather absolutely fabulous and I thought the guy really must be enthralled to Stephen King because he's got that oh, kind yes, of yes, style yes, yes, and yes, this yes, and that yes. and blah 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 so uh, yeah I made a comment about it yesterday on Facebook and somebody points out no he's Stephen King's son Ah, so there we go so I was like instincts are good 
research is bad. Bad, yes. Uh, so the, anyway. The different surname probably threw you there, Bruce. <laughs> it might be a nom de plume. Nom de plume. Uh, Big Rick, 7.1. My point is, I don't know why it's called 7.1. I don't really care. Might be um, between their 7th and 8th albums. But who cares? Um, it's, it's, only, it's five songs. Okay. So I'm, I'm fascinated for a start that a band kind of this big and prolific and good at the studio uh sort of are you good at studio are you good at studio are you for studio um <clears throat> uh, sort of only in inverted commas only did five songs uh but it is it's five great songs um and yeah it's confirmation among many many other things that they do better big rock intros than I think any other band on the planet at the moment. Hmm. I, for me, and again, I don't, I don't say this lightly, but in the 70s, so many, so many great, 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 great bands. But hmm. if you wanted a big thump you in the chest rock intro, Jason Swayward Bonham. You went to Led Zeppelin at the yeah. time. For me, it's that authoritative. What did I say? Jason, John, sorry. Uh, well, his son is Jason. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, so you go for me. If you want that, you go you here want now. The kick drum in the bollocks. Oh, okay. and I mean, I played, I played you some of it beforehand. It just is the most thrilling music, and there, there is there's Very a series good. of uh, great rock band. of YouTube uh, videos at the moment. Go and look them up as well. Where they uh, Ian Thornley and and one of the band guys sits and just in the studio, and they sort of unpack what they were doing. Hmm. And what is so lovely with all of this experience and all of this massive talent and and respect and whatever that he he's just he's still a kid. He's just like, oh, I love this. And I did that, and then I played it backwards. And, um, and there, I mean, there's one song called Fields, which has got this massive kick sound, drum sound, uh, right up front there. And he just, he solos that, and he just listens to that for 30 seconds. He goes, this, this is a tune, man. Um, and I could listen to this all day. And you, you just get the sense of that thrilling part of being an artist. That's like, I love what I do. I love making these sounds and putting them together with my friends. Uh, it's he, it, yeah. He's an example. They're an example. I think. We, sorry, just yeah, quickly. Yeah. We were chatting off air about why why aren't they the biggest band in the world, given yeah. the, the skills and the songs. And I think it's because of this. I think it's because it's more important to them to be friends with each other and to be home enough to maintain families and to do this and to do that than it is to tour three hundred days a year. Etc. Etc. It speaks to me a little bit about uh, this the situation where where music seems to be existing in a bit of a nanny state at the moment. It's been it's been muzzled. Mm. So um, I don't know how much longer this that idea of a rock band in a studio that set up a drum kit in a big drum room and has recorded a live yeah. drum yeah. and and it's so exciting and visceral and amazing. I think that's a very rare rarefied place in the world of music at the moment even to the point of um guitar amplifiers mm. which used to have a hundred yes, watt marshall is. which didn't have a master volume so you would turn it up to 10 to get it to work the way it should and you had this visceral thrill of your yep. fillings shaking loose and the people in the front row dropping their hot dogs when the you know um that just doesn't exist anymore for good reason it doesn't but i'm hearing. watching and again you can't see this listener but i'm watching the thrill on your face and your body language as you're describing it and and watching ian in the studio on the video and the thing is that's enough reason to do it you and i are going into the studio this week yeah with with mike wright uh who will play live drums mm. and we're going to make an old in, in the way that we make it we're going to make an old-fashioned yeah rock song it's going to be a rock song it's gonna be very quiet but it'll be a rock song um but the point is, that's great. So Saturday is going to be a blast. Yeah. And hopefully the mix will be great. And hopefully when we release it, it'll get... But those are hopefullys. Saturday is going to be great. Um, and uh, again, here you're going, it is rare, it is this. But somebody like Big Rick, they're not the biggest band in the world, but they will fill the venues that they go to. Yeah. Um, so... But it's very small. If you look at the top 10 on Spotify, yeah. whatever, it's all in a little studio. You can do it on a laptop. It is. And this kind of visceral okay, rock this band. Back. It is very much a rock band. Let's thing. link this back to the, the pride and the invading Russia and the whatever, whatever. Could Hitler, whatever, you know, that crazy example, could he have gone, I'm going to take over 50 square kilometers of territory and think that's a good week? He could have. Yeah, mm. that, that would have been doable, but he wanted the whole thing. Mm. So, yeah, if, you go, if you're somebody like Big Rick and you're going, we're making a living, to be fair, they do need to tour to make a living. Mm. So they're not making enough of them of no. their music, which is terrifying. But anyway, um, but if they're going, we do make a living doing what we really love with people who are family. Mm -hmm. So what are we complaining about? 
No, no, I'm, no that's no. good. But I'm saying that the percentage of people that can do that is is it used to be yes, a large. But the point, the point is, if, if you're how sitting, much longer will it go? If you're sitting, yeah, but if if you're listening to that and going, oh well, then I'm not going to do it. That's that. My point is, that's a bad outcome. Oh yes, 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 yes. If, no, you, if I you're sitting that and going, uh, uh, it's okay, hopeless, it's, it's going to be small. It's yeah. going to be this, but I can nail it. So, so if if I can only reach twenty thousand people. Let me reach. But everything goes. Let me, let me be happy when I reach fifteen thousand. Yeah, goes yeah. In, in seasons and swings. And what I'm saying is, my hope is that yeah, there'll yeah. be a backlash to making music on a laptop, on your own, and there will be another era of bands like really, ACDC and really, Who really and so. Led Zeppelin, where we again have the money in the industry through whatever happens to justify a big studio and big loud amplifiers and. In the meantime, it is it is a and again I say this half tongue in cheek and half seriously. It's a great filter because if you're going, I oh know it's like I like again it's 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 a it is very much tongue yeah. in cheek of like if I like if, if people only like this that and the next thing which is just processed and ridiculous and no. stupid and you know it's from somebody who stuffed up the world to link back to our book. Look at us segueing. Yes. Um, you know if it's if that's all that you consider music, there is a worldview that sort of comes with that, and you can go to that person. We're friends and we're this and we're that, but we you don't fundamentally get me. This is one of those kind yeah. of funny sort of discussions things where if you you don't have to like big rec or whatever, this and that and that, but if you get the thrill of making music, if you get the thrill of whatever, huge kick sound, if you get the th- like if you understand that somebody can get giddy yeah. talking about their studio experience or the music that they sang or the whatever, then that's cool. Then already to start with, I don't know your name yet, I don't know this, that and the next thing, but it's an important part of our it kind is. of whole makeup that is that yeah. is good. So anyway, so to this, it's it's uh, <laughs> it's five songs. So it's all killer, no filler. Fields is for me the the big. Stand ah, down track. It's just it so is. great. Um, but every, also everything is big. There's no ballad. There's no there's no big lullaby. Uh, Fields it, again. Everything is fantastic. Uh, Bino is great. Bombs Away was the first single. Um, everything is fantastic. Everything just, is ah, awesome. It's just big and beautifully beautifully played and recorded. They're all Berkeley. Graduates. Okay. Well, Listen to the next thing. Stop it. Um, excuse me. And just, uh, it's just bloody lovely. And again, because it, it's 26 minutes and two seconds. So we've chatted before about, you know, can you listen to full albums and what mm. does that mean for you? 26 minutes. Make a plan. If, if you're working from home, which you probably are, plan, have it at your lunch break. Put it on, put it on loud hmm. and let it, it play the whole way possible. through. Um, yeah. But yeah, appreciate listen to it and appreciate just the craftsmanship the live ah! people actually also, playing again, their big, instruments uh, uh, Ian is, is just is one I'm not arguing here he just is he's one of the best singers on the planet yeah. and there's a, on one of the videos he says and I can't remember which song it is I think it might be in Bino where he says that's the that's the longest note I've ever held so have a listen up you know but it's stuff mm. like that and you're just going but he's singing like Chris Cornell at the mm. time it's a lot of push it's a lot of this it's a lot of it's just it's very energizing joy manufacturing music um, so it's just a 26 minute two second dopamine hit so go and check nice. it out Big Rec 7.1 bright yellow cover go and check it out good very good Nash shall we talk about things that we've watched shall we do that or should we take the, a musical interlude shall we not end with the musical instrumental we can do that cool okay as a, as a way to end okay so let me talk about two things that I've watched on the television and two things that I've watched on the movie times look at you um so, uh, season three of Ricky Gervais's highly successful yes, and acclaimed series, Afterlife, came don't, out this week. Don't ruin it. Um, <laughs> like most um, British shows, it's six episodes long. Six sort of half-hour episodes. Um, it's season three. I, From the way it ended, I think this is the, the, the conclusion of the series. Um, it is... You know, what do I appreciate about Ricky Gervais? He's a very, very intelligent and rational and... Sensitive. Sensitive, perceptive person. It's fascinating given given how yeah. utterly obnoxious who, he can who, also be. Who is yeah. also very obnoxious and can be incredibly filthy. So um, the show... and and But I think there's a purpose in that as well. So, yeah. so it's definitely PG-18, I would say, in terms PG-18. of... <laughs> I don't well it's probably not rated that but in terms of the filth because he has these certain characters who are just degenerate perverts and he allows them free reign to just talk about you know there are scenes yes. where you watch this and you go that 28 seconds yes. is almost gratuitously 
filthy. Yeah. You know, because it's it's the dirty old man who lives alone and just talks about sex the whole time. And he is does that for 30 seconds and you feel like you need to shower afterwards. <laughs> but I think there's a, a purpose to that. There, he's, he's exploring the the real human condition in this day and age and there are people who are like that maybe not as explicitly so but he's he's investigating that revealing that so there is that part of it where i'll, I'll just caution watchers viewers that you know there are those characters where it, it gets quite ridiculous sorry that's just hush, hush puppies yeah but the the just the empathy of this man who is contending with the the absolute love of his life who's died and mm-hmm. his feelings of depression and suicide and so on um, and how it is affecting the people that in, in a very small ordinary nondescript town in a very yes, kind of it's just a, like, a, a, a small little town newspaper that's no great shakes normal. yeah completely yeah. normal for a given uh, value of normal and the people around him who who all have their own very normal foibles and you scratch the surface of each of them and man it's so incredible i'll give you one scene i think in the last episode there's a woman that he works with at the paper she's in charge of the advertising and she's quite presents this sort of um front to the world but underneath has things going Mm -hmm. on and she's not particularly likable but she is sort of struggling and you find her she decides she's going to go to yoga yeah, and as she starts the yoga class, the guy in front goes, "Hey, everybody!" and he's trying to get them all. Let's shake ourselves out, and she doesn't quite know. She's never been to what she's doing, and she says, "Everybody!" He says, "Everybody, let's laugh! Let's laugh it out!" Ah, ha, ha. And everyone sort of starts laughing to get this energy out, and she really struggles to do it. And he says, "Stop! Stop! Everyone! You! You!" He points to. He says, "Let's have a laugh," and she just starts crying because she's being forced to laugh. Where she and she's just oh, so man. incredibly lonely. Yeah lonely and she cries and he says i think you better leave you're bringing the class down no you know this is a yoga class where everyone and he's like you're ruining the vibe for everybody you need to leave and it's such a like moments like that 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 is throughout the show and and it's so incredibly well written where you've got this sort of vibe happening and then a character will just stop and just say something that is so true and human and sad and yes. brilliant so it's uh, i think um the first two episodes are sad mm. by the time the third episode comes his character ricky gervais's character seems to sort of turn a corner um and it becomes full of far more funny stuff and joy and then the last episode is th- there's quite an open-ended uh, ending and you don't quite know if he's now turned the corner or if he if he's just made peace with his life yes. and may may in fact be yeah, ending it yeah. or not um which is again real yeah yeah uh it's poetic and artistic and creative and very very real but hyper real so yes. he has accentuated things to make a point of how people are really feeling but not not hectically i mean it's it's it it's great um so I think the the bits of it that are quite filthy, like the postman who ends up dating the prostitute and, and the things that go wrong there, or um, the gay um, uh, <laughs> manager who puts on the, the town fair, who is just deplorable. Oh, and there are, two, <laughs> there are two guys in the show who are the worst examples of um, masculinity run wild. Ah yes, yeah. like what we would uh, sort of epitomize as the boot four ways boot yeah, gym yeah, culture. Yeah. These two guys are the most horrendous people <laughs> I've. They are bullies, and testosterone is flying out of their pores in the most negative way all the time. Every time they come on the scene, <laughs> I I want to just die. They are bullies, and they shout at people, and they and they're like so sexual and so shouty all the time. And they sort of have a bit of a comeuppance at the end, which which was fantastic. But <laughs> yeah, everything is. I, you know, he's a, he's I a super it's, super talented writer. Yeah. It's just it is this um, as you say, it's that humanity, which is, yeah. was another series of his, I think, wasn't it? Um, Possibly, but maybe uh, one of his stand-ups. Just, it is. Uh, he's a fascinating bloke because he can be he can be completely obnoxious. A- um, and interesting, but he understands. Yeah, he understands. 
I think that's the end of the sentence there. You know. There's, he's a famous atheist mm. uh, and is not shy of confronting yes, that at yeah. any point. And it's interesting in this show how he deals with that as well because he is an atheist yeah, yeah. in the show. And but, he has to confront the fact that his wife is dead and where is she? He yes. doesn't believe she's anywhere, of yeah, course. Yeah. But at one point he goes to the hospital, to the cancer ward, children, pediatric yes, yes, cancer. Yeah. I think it's a hospice, actually. Oh, yeah. And you know how he feels. He's very honest. He calls people the C word and throws yeah, things yeah. at their cars all the time. And a little child says to him, uh, will you come visit again? And he says, yeah, I'll come visit again. And he says, will you come? And he says, I'll, I'll come visit you every day until you're better. And the kid says, oh, until I go to heaven. And you see him stop it. And the kid says, do you believe in heaven? <laughs> and, and and you have to watch his response to that. But Which is very interesting in light of... And, and, yeah, exactly. But it, this, is, this is the thing. It's they, not they, what you expect. But again, maybe to his real life, and then maybe this is where it all comes from, is that, you know, again, you, he'll get, he gets so much flack for that. And he does, he blusters back. Yeah. Because you know? he knows what but he believes. But again, you can have a very it. smart person bluster. Christopher Hitchens is a great example. You know wonderful wonderful intellect and would still bluster sometimes mm. and here it's again he gets uh, Ricky gets this chance to uh, to paint exactly how he doesn't have an answer yes in a way that helps you understand what you're feeling yeah um, no Brilliant. I think it's I think it's I think it's I'm going to save my other TV no I'll do I'll mention one more just quickly I won't go into it but Always <coughs> Sunny in Philadelphia mm. which is a show that I fell in love with in the the late noughties and um, late noughties, just yes. thought it was so fantastic and uh, Danny DeVito got involved with it because he liked the show so much when the show was threatening to be cancelled I think Danny DeVito bought the TV network oh wow FX to to keep his show going um, it's now just done season 15 um, and it's still that's a, that's fantastic it's something I like I'm going to buy and, and, the damn network and they I think it's something like that I might I yeah, speak yeah. under correction something like that Danny DeVito got involved and is a big um, you know showrunner keeps the thing going but the, in this latest one it's again what they do so incredibly well is they portray the stupidity of the ignorant American yeah so they're now these Americans who have been in the pandemic you can just imagine how they whatever one of them is an anti-vaxxer and one, mm. and in this show halfway through they go to ireland for for whatever reason i think one of them gets a d the 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 lady a character she gets offered a a part she's a, a aspiring and, and a dreadful actress um, <laughs> dreadful. and they all end up in in ireland and it's very hilarious what happens in ireland um so season 15 it's just dear to my heart or it's always sunny in philadelphia i watch that it, it is fantastic even 15 seasons in they still managed to um be very very funny to have an element of improv in the scenes yeah, yeah. that you can feel and also still managing to satirize yes. um oh, brilliant. i actually haven't America. watched that at all so i must get into that that's i'm gonna jump so in here good. because yeah, you've, that's you've it i'm done for ages uh, i just want to i want to put two uh, an american and, a, and, a, and an english show against just for that because they're often so completely different. So yep. I'm not sure if I talked about it before, but uh, I've still got it on my list here, so maybe I made a mistake, but Ballers. Uh, the, uh, no, you the haven't. Rock. I remember doing um, a few of those shows when I was doing the subtitles. Yes. I haven't watched oh, it, yes, but yeah. I've seen a few um, shows. So Dwayne Johnson, The, the Rock, is, is the main thing there. Uh, Rob Corddry, who's one of those always satirical, very bitter, very funny. He's the he's this kind of sidekick. Um, and the guy whose name I can't remember is, who is the... the, the protagonist in Tenet that guy he's also oh, one yes, of the, yes, yes, yes. The, the, the football players ballers at NFL footballer um, so it's, it's about their whole lifestyle yeah it's kind of the the, the wags mega, in America the mega England. mega money yeah yeah um, the cars the girlfriends the players yeah yeah but, yeah, yeah. but, uh, but, the, but that life the oh, celebrity it is, aspect it of is it. so 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 over the top okay. it's so over the top that it self-satirizes okay, uh, wow. you don't have to write it in it just self-satirizes um, so much money and because of that, so many angles to make money on, but because of that, so many ways to either stab somebody in the back or get stabbed in the back. So every episode is this yeah, round and round of uh, Dwayne Johnson plays this, this ex-player, great all-star, whatever player, yeah. um, but who's gone into the sort of money management side. Uh, but now he's a junior again, essentially. Hmm. So he has all the contacts, he has the persona, he has the charisma. 
but he's uh, trying to make this it as and a that's the next thing, but he's got to yeah, yeah he's got to figure out his whole thing and and make his way which again at that level is there's a lot of cutthroat and so blah, yeah but he's and a decent bloke but he's also not and blah, you know so it's, it's fraught um, with with yes. things that you'd think would be difficult and it's done over a quick oh. handshake and other things that take many exactly. years and but it's also it's all just so sleazy yeah. frankly um yeah. and again it's interesting it's a lot of these shows that we watch and i think if you if you don't sort of you know it's just it is sleazy and you're kind of watching it sometimes for a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of part of the escapism. You're going, I don't want to get involved in this because it would ruin my life um, and marriage and this and yes. that and the next thing. Um, but, you know, these guys just living this kind of lifestyle and there's the, the, the cars and the women and the drugs and the whatever, you know, it's just, it's bonkers. It really is you going, how is this sustainable? And you know the answer is that it's not. Yeah. Um, but just to the point of like, so again, it, it's, it does sustain the, it, there are strong storylines there is uh, you know in terms of the the people that you know the characters dealing with their you know what is important to them and how they uh, prioritize accordingly yeah um, you know and that stuff again it, it does come through you might be mega rich but you might be lonely you might be uh, old friends but there might be an opportunity yeah to take which professionally will get you to stand on someone's your friend's head stand on your yeah, old yeah. mate's head etc etc um and the rock is he's enormously charismatic you know again he just i, I, I love watching the dude he's, he's just he's an amazing screen presence um and again it does have that really almost like a, a californication kind of mm. pace and and yes. and and cheekiness and, and all of that and, kind of and stuff entourage not, as well, not quite right? as clever as, yeah. as californication entourage didn't have the intelligence for me okay. anyway um but that kind of vibe yeah so but that's the one thing i mean again budget wise i mean there are massive parties there are yeah, a thousand extras there are huge. yachts there is gold there is champagne yeah. so that scene would have cost whatever three hundred thousand dollars or something <coughs> then you go to so that's on showmax then you go to to britbox uh which is the bbc streaming thing here yeah um and i'm watching a thing called upstart crow Oh, um, with David Willi- uh, David Mitchell. With David Mitchell as, Shakespeare. as William Shakespeare. Yeah. And it's tiny. It and it's is. cheap. It's and it looks like, you know, it's, it's Blackadder with Shakespeare, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. designed to make use of David Mitchell's wonderful, wonderful uh, sort of characterizing. About the train know, service. No, he, just, he just goes <laughs> off. He, he, he rests. It allows him to rant. David Mitchell is a, is a wonderful ranter. Yeah. In fact, I was I, often on on TV. I'm just sort of I just sit and watch a, a few YouTube videos just while the kids bath or something, and yeah. I'm waiting to put them to bed, etc. And uh, there was one with you know uh, David Mitchell ranting. He said it was flat. It's various. No, 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 various shows. But I thought I thought yeah. probably five minutes. I didn't actually check the, the timing. So well, and I watched and I watched for about fifteen minutes, and then I'm just going and sort out the bathroom. And I, I press pause and I see there's another hour and a quarter. Of just him so ranting. So it's, it's an hour and a half of little clips of him ranting. And the thing is, he is really, really good at it. I was actually watching and I thought... It's well-deserved, right? He should People be the next be. QI host. I think he'd be fantastic at that. But anyway, but the point being, it's like there's never more than four people on screen. Mm. It's clearly, you know, some sort of small lot yeah. with... Upstart crow we're talking about. Yes, yeah, yeah. with wooden supports yeah yeah you know to make something it look like pa- a painted backdrop yeah um and everything is simple but it's so clever it's so well done. and it's so knowingly clever that's yeah. that's also the thing so they they have uh, christopher marlowe and I, I don't know the actor's name but you know who's always trying to steal his yeah. his plays but it's also actually quite a good mate but it's also just this 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 charming knave and 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 you know it's and lovely. it's and all of i mean endless piss taking of yeah. Shakespeare himself yeah. you know, no it doesn't quite rhyme but that's what makes it special yes. and, blah, 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 and then a rant yeah. to support that um, so almost I mean you're talking about Ricky Gervais similar again obviously they come from similar cultural comedy backgrounds um, but kind of that lots of anger but without uh, uh, Ricky's Ricky can sometimes get bitter yeah, and this, this, this isn't bitter yeah, this is more but from it, the absurdist. But it also doesn't. But it also doesn't have that wonderfully human, yeah, generous touch. No. So it is. It also starts in there. But I was just. I'm just fascinated by the. You, know, you can go and watch this thing, and it's just so which brash do you prefer? and bright lights. <sighs> intellectually, because they couldn't. No, but this, this is interesting. Because intellectually, I'll yeah. upstart crow. Yeah. Because because it is. It's more clever, and it's it's Ben Elton is writing and whatever. Yes. It does because it's a very narrow. Uh, niche to to draw from yeah it is it's shakespeare it's this and it's that and and it happened at this time so we can't yeah we can't change that um 
But so, so it, you do recycle. If it had the budget, if they went out and built these, things, it wouldn't be the same. To. Yeah, no, no it doesn't. It's so it does recycle the themes and stuff, but they they do remain funny. In, yeah. in, you know, why Eric Idle still has a career? It yeah. does, those, it's that kind of humor. Um, but ballers, because again, as I was saying, that that sort of opulence and extravagance and ridiculous lushness, you do kind of you do covet is is too strong a word. I don't covet it, but it's it's fascinating. It is. It's it's a it's uh it's yeah it's. It's, maybe maybe a good word is tempting. It's in why that, you, in that watch, you don't you like, don't want to give in, but you also you're going. Yeah. It's why you watch Ooh. luxury mansions yes. on the home channel. Yes. Robin Lee. Like, oh, imagine living like that. Imagine yeah. having that. Imagine. So I think if I had to watch one, I'd watch Upstart Crow. Yeah. But I'd kind of rather have the option of watching both yeah, because also the, the thing with the you know the over the topness and this backstabbing again eventually you're just like oh, ah, these are horrible people I don't need this um, and you know it might end the episode and they're still horrible people and nobody redeemed themselves at all yeah. that episode uh, whereas uh, Upstart Crow it's always yeah it's it's these people and they're simple and it does it and it's not trying to do this he is that archetype he is that archetype he is that archetype it's beautifully written this is how theatre works yeah we're done. Um, so yeah, those just two contrasting kind of interesting ways of working there. Very cool. So I mention one movie, and then we can end with. Do the it. Song. I'm gonna I'm gonna grab the guitar while you do that. So a movie that's gotten a bit of traction of late, particularly with the Golden Globes, um, is a new movie. Well, newish movie on Netflix called The Power of the Dog. Yes. Starring Benedict Cumberbatch. Cabbage Patch. Um, it's sort of posited or or. or whatever the blurb is, a domineering ranch manager, um, his partner or brother uh, brings home a, a new wife and child uh, and shakes things up and then there's a surprising consequence that develops. Um, it's directed by a woman whose name Jane I... Jane Campion. Yes, Jane Campion. Campion. Um, New Zealand. Yeah, she's we'll done some things. It's actually shot in New Zealand. Yeah, it's set in... Which Mon- is amazing because yeah. the, the place is like seven square centimeters and you have these amazing vistas, yeah. the Wild West, etc. Et it's set in uh, Montana in America. Which is the most wide open you yeah. can get. And uh, what is it? Uh, when is it? 19... I forget. 55? No, it can't be no, 55. 19, whatever. Anyway, but it's at, it's at the turn of... It's a Western movie, so yeah. it's the Old West... But roads and trains and cars have yes, very started, yeah, just <laughs> kind of started to get in, come into to the West. And um, uh, it's also got that brilliant actor who was in um, Fargo as uh, the butcher who was the, the husband of Kirsten Dunst's character. And Kirsten Dunst is in this He's movie in this as film. well, as, and it's her husband again. Yes. Um, so they're together again as husband and wife uh, since the Fargo um, series. And that, this is sad though, because he is a brilliant actor, and I don't know his name either. So yeah, we will figure that out. What a great actor! And the the son is someone I haven't seen before. Very very thin, lanky uh, uh, lad who comes he in. A, he was nominated for a um, or Yeah, it is very very slow and long. Uh, in terms of you might think of um, they've likened it to there will be blood uh, yes. is a little bit like that particularly in terms of story it's it is very different to that uh, the assassination of Jesse James is another one yes. that's that's also a western but is very it's a, very it's long amusing yeah yeah and uh, uh, not not amusing it's, it's a, a space amusing amusing yeah. yeah it's the cinematography it's oh, shot it's on whatever kind it's of uh, film it's on it's, it's just incredibly wonderful and they do take time to shoot scenery yes. and it is just beautiful it's set in the west so there's that element of it which is in it my wife fell asleep sort of well, I, must, I must say my, my review must include the telling phrase I gave up so Bruce gave up on it I, I went the whole hog with it just to see what happened it does have a wonderful um you could say a twist for something that that's that slow. It's not really a twist, but one of the characters is set in this old west turns out to be gay, and that is uh, uh, sort of that sexual um, uh, dynamic is is very interesting in that setting and is, is dealt with in a certain way. And uh, at some point, there is a murder as well that is very. No more spoilers, please. Hmm? No yeah. more and you've got to work out how this murder took place and why you think it yeah. might have taken place. The thing is, Jane, Jane Campion is, is a phenomenal uh, director and force. Um, I just, yeah. I just, I was getting, where is this going? It is it's very, too, very slow. Like, but uh, you know, like we again, and but it's all to the uh, Salman Rushdie chat that we had. Yes. 
uh, you know, there's the thing of it's a big name, so we should stick around, blah blah blah. And I'm going, ah, no. Maybe no. it's just that films are are maybe and uh, yeah, uh, too used it to could be that that our <laughs> yeah that our attention spans have been eroded for this kind of movie. Yeah. Um, so it's it's I guess we could say it's critically acclaimed and let yeah. that be what the euphemism for um, the common man might really find it incredibly boring <laughs> but um, it is beautiful it is uh, I liken it to a really great Stephen King short story okay that's then been made into a very belabored yeah. beautiful 13 pages that yeah. is now eight uh, hours. Johnny Greenwood does the music uh, okay. he did it apparently in lockdown so it's quite atonal in places he he did sort of symphonic scoring but he did it all on a single cello and overlaid a million parts to make it sound like a cello orchestra or whatever uh, the the music is great I told him my favorite Johnny Greenwood story no saw them live in in uh, Radiohead, Radiohead live in in Italy on the Kid A tour when they were doing tiny little they were doing ancient venues so castles and oh, ruins yeah, and whatever Colosseums and, such. and I think I think the top the top end of the of the capacity was 1500 okay. at any given concert wow. so I managed to to find my way and that's another story um, and at some point Don't he, he, starts, he starts, are starts kicking his pedal in the middle of the song he starts kicking his pedal and it's not working so he's, ah, and he gets down you know it's guitar yeah, yeah. stew and he fiddles with it and he's, ah, and he's Shoe getting gazing. a bit angsty and he's you know he's doing things uh, holding his guitar and trying to uh. fix it with his right hand then takes his guitar off walks off stage comes back with a soldering this band is carrying on yeah, yeah, comes back with a soldering song. iron fixes whatever it is throws that off to the side picks up his guitar carries on playing amazing <laughs> just, just, just the most amazing <laughs> yeah, just a little interlude there because he's you know, he's such a he's such a guitar geek yeah. you know, he's such a sound he geek. really is so The Power of the Dog um, as I say critically acclaimed has been winning awards and will probably continue to do so uh, not least because it uh, tackles uh, sexual orientation and, and the dynamics around that particularly in the Old West where it was still very much taboo yes. around big strong strapping cowboys uh, ranch hands and so on and how that plays out and the the machinations behind the scenes and the clever sort of um, crime that takes place so uh, you know that sounds quite exciting it's not an exciting movie by any stretch of the imagination but um, it's beautiful and worth it if you can get into the headspace of a slow I I will probably go back and and have another go but it's uh, it was interesting because I don't don't give up on many things but I am learning to give up yeah you know, which is good too important to do yeah. that but yeah I think it is uh, I think you really have to be in the right mindset but I think it is worth a watch alright um, tomorrow in our time but not necessarily when this today, podcast comes out this, yeah. 21st of, of, of Friday the 21st January, it's Bruce's up, new so song whenever you're listening up. to this it should be up um, it's a song called Purple Heart it's a song about communication the Purple Heart refers to a um, the emoji so ah, yes. it basically came out of a conversation the about purple heart emoji about you know just how yeah how kind of wonky our communication can sometimes be uh, anyway so that that uh, allowed the, the visual allowed for some and Bruce is going to play it right now so on this right very now. podcast uh, it might be loud but deal with it yeah Hard. I hope you enjoyed. Don't please go to Spotify and all the things. Comment, I, like, subscribe, <laughs> download, and share. Thank you because that would be great. Thank you. Is it true you must be hurt to win a purple heart? Seems a crazy way to go, being broken from the start. Love was being explained, I must have missed that part. But every battle won brings sweet relief. Strength comes from burden, patience from the weight. Learning still to find the answers we don't know For now, we will not separate Purple heart awarded to a searching soul Badge of honor earned, a gift meant to console Forgotten the words emotion operated by remote control. Mm. There it is. 
matter how surreal we still believe Strength comes from the burden Patience from the weight Learning still to find the answers we don't know For now we will not separate When you go quiet And retreat from life You know that I'll be waiting On the other side You go quiet And retreat from life Know that I'll be waiting on the other side. Strength comes from the burden, patience from the